0: Get
1: it. Yes, so it to You're listening to the One Podcast. What's up, Lions fans? Tori Petra here with another episode of the One Pridecast. We are sitting out here at Lions Training Camp Practice. So if you hear a little bit of hustle and bustle, a little bit of whistles in the background, that is what's going on. I am sitting here with Field Yates and Matthew Berry from ESPN. Guys, thanks for joining the podcast.
2: Thank you for having us on. Uh, I had let's be clear. I was more than willing to join this podcast. Matthew had to be convinced. Yeah, we had we to had do to, some
1: finagling there. We had to give him a pair of
2: Lions Look, sunglasses and a hat.
0: Look, <laughs> I've been enjoying the big giant Lions chair. I've been enjoying <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the thing where you run through the tires and uh, dodging Matt Prater kicks. So it's been fun. It's yeah. been good times. I got a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, we're currently dodging Matt Prater kicks, so if we hear some bangs and booms during this podcast, that is what going is going on. We're sitting in the well, media stands. For Lions
2: fans is that Matt Prater is booming the ball right
1: now. Though. Yeah, Let's exactly. Right here comes one. Oh! Oh!
0: oh!
2: For podcast
0: fans, Thirsty Kyle Lions Soppy have
2: a new slot receiver.
0: Just snagged <laughs> it out of the air. Nice catch, Thirsty Kyle there. I love Anyone it. that is a fan of the
2: 06010 podcast we're well, in town for a live show that's what we're yeah doing that's the perfect
1: here. transition tell yep. me tell me about the podcast
2: well i believe this podcast will be heard on wednesday the one pride podcast correct yes correct this uh,
1: podcast will be so you guys will probably have left town by then right but for so fans I'm who are wondering so what let's doing imagine
2: here, a day from now it was amazing we had a great the show. show was awesome, awesome. St. Andrews Hall what what a, was great
0: oh it was rocking it was electric so great to see detroit awesome. show up yeah it was awesome um, like but <laughs> it, it, is, it is sold out so we're thrilled with the re- uh the reaction from uh detroit it's always great to get out on the the road and uh meet meet the fans and so uh 06010 our podcast fans are terrific so you know our podcast producer Daniel Dopp is a lifelong Detroit Lions fan it's been a running joke on the show for many many years so he's very excited he's literally running around training camp doing every single thing um and trying not to get a restraining order against him yeah I feel
1: like Daniel deserves some love here I mean he he's a huge Lions fan I saw him out here uh standing on the field some little videos together uh, getting hauled off by security in, in, a, in a fun way in jest
2: here to describe the depths of daniel's fandom <laughs> for the lions a couple of highlights now beyond watching every single game which i think is sort of incumbent upon any lions fan uh daniel at this most recent nfl combine did shirtless push-ups in front of bob quinn to convince him to sign him to a contract True. wow uh, bob was impressed <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not impressed enough to give him a signing bonus and a contract, but he caught his attention, stored him away in case the team ever needs I like it. an extra body at some point during training camp or in the future. And uh, Daniel Dopp uh, is also going to be doing some content uh, at some point during the week uh, with members of the organization. Matthew will be involved as well. Daniel loves the Lions. Daniel has many tattoos, somewhere in the proximity of like 150 of them. Wow. I would imagine one of them has got to be dedicated to the Lions. Do we know that for a fact, Matthew, or no?
0: I don't believe. I don't believe uh, he has a line. He's not a real then what fan. What is he then? even doing? I don't know. But it, it, he does. Ha- he does have a lot of ink. So uh, it's a good question. It's a good question for uh, last night's show. I feel I'm like it didn't come up at last night's show.
1: I feel like his Inca uh, should be on his scouting report.
2: It is. It's on, it's on a scouting report. He has um, again. I, I've lost. It's, it's like an incalculable number of tattoos. I'm surprised. <laughs> I bet. I mean, here. Hey, let's, re- let's be honest. When you're at 150 or t- whatever number of tattoos, you lose count. What's one more? Right. So I think we should make him. He got a tattoo of a puppet last year, like That's on his true. chest. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't consider a carry-on Johnson. Tattoo maybe on his calf or something.
1: All right, okay, and and I hear the podcast is is a fan of Carry On Johnson. You guys yes. you guys are high on Carry On.
2: Matthew, you want to sure. take this one to start? Sure. I mean,
0: why not? Look, look, we fantasy success comes really from two things: talent and opportunity. We know about his talent. We saw it last year. We saw it on the field anytime he touched the ball. And the question was always, is he going to get the opportunity? The concern was coming into this season. I think was it's going to be more of a running back by committee, but with the release of Theo Riddick, the expectation is is now on Johnson's going to catch even more passes. You know, last year, averaged over three receptions a game. Uh, and so I think you look at uh, what Daryl Bevel has done at other stops in his NFL career as a play caller. The expectation is it's going to be run heavy. It's going to be focused on the running backs. And so who's the most talented running back on the roster? It's on Johnson. I think you're looking at a guy that could flirt with 20 touches a game, right? You know, 15, 16 carries, three, four, five balls a game. My only concern about him and why I have him as a mid-tier running back too and not a top 10 guy is scoring opportunities. I think when mm-hmm. you have C.J. Anderson, you have Zach Center, my expectation is that when they get in close, it's gonna to to be one of the big guys that gets the scoring. And so, you know, I Karen Johnson's obviously is gonna to score touchdowns, but I just don't know that you see him get into the double-digit touchdown range, unless there's some sort of injury to one of the bigger guys. Uh,
2: an important update here. I was only off. My guess of 150 was only 144 more than Daniel actually has. <laughs> he has six tattoos, but in my defense, like, <laughs> an entire sleeve tattoo should yeah. not be counted as no, one. No, that counts Fair. as more
1: than one. I mean, if there's multiple designs inside of the sleeve, that counts as more See, than one. Tori,
2: this is why I like you. Yeah. Uh, but back to carry on, which I'm sure the fans <laughs> care a lot more than my <laughs> description of Daniel's tattoos. Matthew highlighted a lot of things that I like about carry on, too. You know, it's, it's hard, maybe not hard to forget, uh, probably easy to forget. You know, SEC Offensive Player of the Year two years ago with plenty of pedigree at Auburn. The guy carried a heavy load there in one of the best teams or one of the best offenses in the country. Um, you know, spending a day at training camp here, it's pretty clear that this guy's a focal point of the offense. And you know, didn't drop a pass last year, so adept in the passing game. Um, and typically, NFL players experience their greatest leap of growth between the first and second year of their season. Sure. At this time last year, on Johnson was still figuring out what his teammates' name was were. Now he is, you know, perhaps the, you know most or close to most talented player on this offense. A guy that should be the most relevant fantasy player in a lot of weeks for the Lions. So like Matthew I think in my latest update of my rankings I had to carry on Johnson at like 15th amongst running backs this year which would be quite literally in the middle of RB2s, as Matthew described a little bit earlier.
1: Okay, well, if people aren't picking up on this already, you guys are fantasy experts. You do a fantasy show on ESPN. you, You have a fantasy podcast. So you guys are keeping track of all of this stuff. People are getting ready for their fantasy drafts right about now. Who should they be thinking about picking up from the Lions, besides carry on? Since from the Lions?
0: Well, look, I mean, I think that the next obvious answer is Kenny Galladay, right? It's uh, Baby Tron, as he's known, <laughs> somewhat in the uh, fantasy industry. Look, look, there's always a little bit of concern in terms of the run-heavy nature of the offense, but they're still going to throw. I think he's a top-20 fantasy-wide receiver. You've looked at what he did last year. And by the way, when he was on the field with Marvin Jones, he actually, like um, – almost doubled the amount of targets that Marvin Jones got. And so, no Golden Tate, obviously, we saw, you know, towards the end of last year, no Golden Tate as well. But first full season without Golden Tate, um, bring in Danny Amendola, obviously, you bring in Jesse James and you draft TJ Hawkinson. But my expectation is that Matthew Stafford is gonna look early and often
2: to Kenny Galladay Again, I him as a top-20 fantasy wide receiver. So last year, as Matthew alluded to, Colton Date was traded, and that somewhat converged with when Marvin Jones got injured. I think it was week 10 that Jones uh, went down for what ended up being a knee injury that shelved him for the entire sure. season. Uh, landed on injury reserve, and we sort of all thought, and you know, Matthew was saying that the two most important things in fantasy football are talent and opportunity, which right. is correct. For Kenny, the talent's obvious. I mean, just being here at training camp again. Um like, I, I, sometimes I'm wondering if that's actually a wide receiver. He's massive. I mean, he's gargantuan. He looks like a tight end in terms of build. doesn't um, seem
0: fair that him and I have the quote-unquote same DNA because it just doesn't right. seem like we're really the same species. I mean, you when look I stand like a wide next receiver. to him, I'm just like,
2: what's going on? You kind of look like a wide receiver. Now, granted, you might have been a wide receiver no, in the I days. I look like a wide receiver. Wow! Well like, done, right there. Right. I was going to say that you look like the kind of wide receiver that would play when they wore leather helmets in the past. The forward 100%. pass was not allowed. Like you were yeah. blocking wide receiver only. Right. Uh, but Kenny Galladay certainly looks the part here. And uh, but to. So the opportunity was great last year in the sense that there was he was the clearly most established and talented wide receiver on the roster. But it's hard when you're doing it on your own. Um, it's nice to have other pieces that the defense has to sort of trust um, and, and defend, right? I mean, having Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson uh, gives you reason to defend Kenny Gallda differently than if he's just... I don't say on an island, but if he is more on an island than he should be this year. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, another name to keep in mind. You know, Marvin last year, at one point, he led the NFL. Through like halfway through the season, he had the most end zone targets yeah. in the NFL, 13. And, um, you know, end zone targets are not the only stat that matters, but they're certainly an important one for wide receivers. I think Marvin's due for a pretty reasonable year, but I think probably will go somewhere, you know, in the top 30 amongst wide receivers. And then I think, Matthew, maybe the question would be. Um, not just the person that shares your name in Matthew Stafford, but TJ Hawkinson will probably generate a lot of interest this year, Matthew. Yeah, I
1: was going to ask about that one.
2: Eighth overall pick for a reason. You buying him at all, TMR? Not from a fantasy perspective. I mean, so you're off the podcast. Huh? This podcast. You're still on our I podcast. I don't know. But you're There's been a
1: lot of end zone work from, for him out here at training camp practice. So it's interesting. So
0: I, I've heard that, but I've also heard that, you know, Jesse James, who they signed to a big contract in the offseason and like, you know, we always joke that like you can't teach six foot seven, right? I mean, like um, talk about massive human being. So I've heard Jesse James also has gotten a lot of work with the first team offense in terms of the red zone packages as well. In the past 15 years, like in, in fantasy, you're always looking for what's most likely to happen. You can't predict the future, right? None of us can, but you're always trying to like what's most likely to happen. And so in the past 15 years, scenarios. right? In, in the past 15 years, there's only been one rookie tight end that's finished in the top 10, i.e., a fantasy starter. At the position in terms of fantasy points, and that was Evan Ingram, and that was the year that Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Brandon Marshall all got hurt for significant portions of the year. So he was like the only guy in town, as it were. And so I thought Hawkinson was a nice pick for the Lions. I think he's a great dynasty uh, add. You know, if you're in a league that has a, is a keeper league or a dynasty league, okay. Like I love his long-term prospects, but in terms of fantasy for just this year, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see Hawkinson having. Sustained, uh, consistent fantasy success on a week-to-week basis, just based on what I know about the offense and you know the competition that he has and and trends about rookie tight ends. We use the
2: term ADP to describe to describe a player's average draft position, where you know we we basically tabulate every draft that has been conducted on ESPN up to this point and see where people are normally drafting that player. So, if a guy's got an ADP of seven, it means he's a first-round pick. Uh, for TJ, my guess is that it's probably is a non-drafted player right now. So, from a price standpoint, you know, if you want to draft TJ Hawkinson, you're getting him for essentially free based off of the value, the premium of the pick. Um, philosophically, some people don't want to use two roster spots on a tight end to begin the season. You only start one per week. But if you don't land sort of a set-it-and-forget-it tight end at the top of your draft, you might be more inclined to take two lottery tickets, for example. And I think that TJ would be the kind of tight end that sort of qualifies as a lottery ticket. Matthew just laid out the evidence that, like, empirically, we don't have a lot of data to suggest that uh, tight ends, even the very best, are going to be studs right away. That being said, um, I think there's a lot of people that believe in the scouting community that TJ TJ Hawkinson is the best prospect and most ready tight end prospect to enter the NFL since maybe Vernon Davis back in I think 2006 was Vernon Davis when he came out of Maryland. So if there is somebody capable of maybe bucking a trend to be him, so I think if you're looking for a second tight end and you want him, if you want him for quite literally nothing, he'd be on the radar.
0: All right. Yeah, and I think uh, honestly, for me, I think if if they hadn't signed Jesse James, okay, I think I'd probably be a little bit more optimistic about it. Uh, it is worth noting though, uh, if there is a, uh, a you know, a uh, Bright shining moment, if you will, if you want. Um, last five seasons, uh, Detroit Lions actually second in terms of uh, uh, red zone pass percentage. Okay. So two tight ends.
1: Two tight. Ty- I mean. Or in general.
0: No, just in general. Just in yeah. general. Give the that red year, zone. You throw last a Last year, lot. last could five change years, with Daryl Bevel. Right. Exactly. And you know, I think that's an emphasis you know and how much of that is chicken or egg. it's you know sort of chicken and egg do they throw in the red zone because they didn't have anyone that could run the ball or do right. they you know did right. they not run the ball because they wanted to throw in the in the red zone so a little hard to say but it, past five years when they get in close Matthew Stafford's like to throw um, and certainly that would you know uh, boost the prospects fantasy wise of Hawkinson and Jesse James but yeah I have both outside my top 10 this
2: year. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a vast selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com. Your 24-7 home for Lions gear.
1: What do we think of Danny Amendola? No Golden Tate this year like we talked about. They bring in Danny Amendola. Obviously, he's got that Patriots experience that fits with this coaching staff. Does he become a factor in this offense this year?
2: I think so. and. Um, Now, the question is, Tori, is, like, how much fantasy relevance does that carry week to week? So part of our mentality is shaped by the leagues that we play in ourselves, right? And Matthew and I are both part of what's called the War Room League at ESPN. And it's 16 teams. It's very, very, like, it's it's a very engaged league. Everybody who plays in it takes it very seriously. Sure. So, like, almost any player of fantasy relevance gets drafted or picked up at some point in that league. So. If you're playing in a deeper league, I guarantee you Danny Amendola will be on the radar. The question would be this, is that you've been sort of referencing the impact and the influence of Daryl Bevel. If we think that, and I think that the term run first or run heavy is a little bit subjective, but if it's a team that wants to, and Matt Patricia has been completely transparent about this, you have to be able to run the football and do it at a competent level. If that's the case, and you have two wide receivers that you like for sure, Marvin and Kenny, a tight end you might like, a capable running back, At some point, like, when you're the fourth mouth to feed, the fantasy relevance ticks, you know, goes down a tick or two. That being said, Kenny Amendola, if we don't talk about handcuffs that frequently for wide receivers, but, like, he's a play away from being a very useful part of this offense.
1: Okay. Matthew Stafford's always been a high-scoring fantasy quarterback, but obviously in a new offense this year with Daryl Bevel, does that impact his value?
2: I think that the value for Matthew Stafford – has a chance to go up. Last, year, I mean, it just Matthew mentioned the red zone throwing percentage, but over the past couple of years, this offense has been a much different one in terms of Matthew's overall fantasy output. Matthew Stafford's overall fantasy output. I can't speak to Matthew Barry's overall fantasy output over the past couple <laughs> of years, but I hear it's okay. Yeah. Wide um, receiver. But last year, less than four thousand passing yards, just over twenty passing touchdowns. Matthew's never going to be Lamar Jackson in terms of his rushing ability, um, so it's going to take like heavier passing yardage and plenty more passing touchdowns this year. Talent's really not, the ki- not, really not the question. I mean, Matthew at one point was made the highest-paid quarterback in league history. You just spend time out here in practice, and, like, the arm is ridiculous. A tough guy, guy that's obviously been here for a long time, the leader of this team. I think for fantasy football, Tory, the big question is there's so much depth this year. So much depth. Like, wait, 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 wait on quarterbacks and then wait some more. Okay. Where does he slot in? Because I think he's probably going to end up being somewhere around quarterback, you know, 20 or above in terms of where he's drafted. And that's maybe just as much a reflection of how many good quarterbacks are in fantasy football.
0: But it's also it's also a reflection of, honestly, he did not have a good fantasy season last year. You know, obviously it wasn't a year that, that you know, went the way any Alliance fan or fantasy player would want. But he was the 29th best quarterback in fantasy on a points-per-game basis. Quarterback 20 overall, you know, he played every game. You know, he's always so tough. Um, but, you know, to, to Field's point, like, it's just – it's tough he, he doesn't add a lot. He doesn't add a lot with his rushing right and so so many fantasy quarterbacks these days do uh, And then it's, it's just not a pass-heavy offense It wasn't last year and we certainly don't expect it to be that way this year My my thought on Matthew Stafford is sort of similar to Danny Amendola as I think they are better NFL players and better assets for the Lions as an NFL team than they are okay. fantasy assets just because Uh, because of just in terms of how fantasy is scoring. One thing that'll be interesting to see, so last year, and this, this might speak to Danny Amendola, but last year, out of 33 qualified quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford was 32nd in air yards per target. Like he just, it was a lot of dink and dunk. You know, and it was just he wasn't throwing it down. And how much of that is because, again, Marvin Jones got hurt. Golden Kate gets traded. You know, he's, he's out there like, who, who am I throwing to? Exactly. Right? You know, so, you know. When well, the I, whole I, offense dipped it, last year. Yes, so correct. that reflects
1: in his stats.
0: Yes, 100%. So, look, we've seen him be, for many years, a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback. So we know the talent is there. We know the, the potential opportunity there is. But to Field's point, there are so many good fantasy quarterbacks this year it's such a deep position that you know that you see guys like matthew stafford like kirk cousins you you see these sort of big name guys jimmy garoppolo guys that have been paid a lot of money and rightfully so that are being drafted outside the top 15 just because of how deep the position is
1: let's touch on defense you've got matt patricia in his second year running this defense you bring in a guy like mike daniels you get yep. slay and snacks to report to training camp and then you add mike daniels how much does that change this defense's potential this year
2: let me start off by saying if i drafted a fantasy head coach this year i'm drafting matt patricia all right this dude is currently working through an injury like a major injury he's got a hard <laughs> cast on his left yeah what leg do we think right of now? the atv i think the atv is amazing like so if you if you're someone who spends their summers on a beach town <laughs> this is the kind of atv that you see a police person police man or woman <laughs> riding around this so thing is no authority. joke yeah it's okay. intimidating <laughs> like I, don't, I, have, I haven't seen a wheelie yet wheelie yet but like it's a like sweet set <laughs> of wheels uh big fan of the idea of him playing through pain the guy is he's, he's tough yeah um defensively though Tori, uh i think we saw somewhat of a shift last year in the second half of last season um you know i think that we latch onto with good reason wins and losses that's that's what dictates how you view a season that's just the way it is uh, and coaches understand that they know it and they believe in that um that being said there were some tangible notes of progress that may not have correlated with wins every single week we think back to that Rams game right I, I don't want to say that the uh, the code was cracked the Rams were still a really good offense but in some ways people around the NFL believe that like what the Lions were able to do defensively against the Rams in that game I think it was like a 16-13 final well, somewhat of a blueprint that you could follow. Like, if you're going to slow down this Rams offense, or at least have a chance to, you're going to have to follow what they did. Uh, remember the game against, the, I'm sure everyone remembers the game against the Packers, just completely waxed the Packers at Lambeau Field. Shut yep. up. Um, so I think we saw some positive signs down the stretch, and they've got a quarterback in the middle of it with Jared Davis. Uh, they've got to me, I mean, you can make a case for the most imposing interior defensive line right now with depth, the talent, etc. It, and then it's it really looking good yeah, on if the they interior. Get if they get healthy, you know, Trey Flowers, you know, eventually, you know, getting back to, f- f- you know, full form after a uh, shoulder injury. Oh. Um, And we're watching Jelani Tavai. Did I pronounce that properly? Yeah, you did. You did. I've been working on that one. Just made a beautiful play. They're they're uh, running
0: running from the 10. They're running offense. So, yeah, Stafford just throws a pick. But previously, touchdowns to Marvin Jones and Jesse James.
2: But uh, Ah, Jelani is a guy that's really uh, raised a lot of people's eyebrows so far this preseason. I think
1: he's going to have a big part in this uh, defense this year. Pretty
2: clear they're liking what they're seeing from him so far.
1: Yep. So, fantasy-wise, where does the Lions defense fall in terms of value
2: Matthew got a number in mine or no I
0: mean I think they're I think they're top 15 I think um I think the concern is listen Daniels absolutely helps so could you see them sneak into the top 12 I think there's still some question marks in the secondary um and so look you certainly like obviously the pedigree of, uh, of Patricia um I don't I don't have my. I haven't done my defensive rankings yet. I always wait until the very last. Slacker? I do huh? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I don't. But my my guess it my guess is is that well, when I do when I do them, they'll probably be in the 12 to 15 range. So sort of a mid tier defense, um, but certainly some upside there. I want to I want to get a better feel for their secondary. Sure. I, 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 I and we don't
2: have a we don't have a question about the front seven. It's it's more, you know. And Can defenses they, are really tough to forecast in fantasy football and a lot of them kind of cluster together right in the middle. Last year, the number 2 scoring defense was 1.5 points better per week than the number 10 scoring defense. So, there's wow. not a lot of like there's not a ton of variance and right. they're so unpredictable. Sometimes good NFL defense does not correlate with good Real defense. I'm sorry, good fantasy defense.
0: Right. It's a a little bit of fluky because you get points for, you know, special teams like touchdown returns, you
2: know, and so. Although Matt Prater was robbed of fantasy points. Everybody remembers (laughs) the absolute (laughs) missile that he launched last year to Michael Roberts in that Green Bay game. Yes. That should have counted for the Lions defense and special teams, in my opinion. Did not. Agree. But it for Matt Prater's points, which it is it certainly did. Matt Prater, if so Matt Prater was your fantasy kicker. That was a good <laughs> week for you. Yeah, and, and Matt Prater's gonna be a good fantasy kicker this year as well. We saw he nearly doinked Matthew like six times with a field goal earlier. So yeah. we're in business.
1: Yeah, it's dangerous out here in these media stands. Guys, for people who are, are listening today, tell us where they can find you after this podcast.
2: So we come back on a daily format starting Monday, August fifth, which is Can't five wait. days from when this podcast debuts. <laughs> Next two of us, Tori. Um, if you listen to iTunes, if you listen to your podcast through iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast. I think we're on are we on Spotify. Maybe Stitcher. Now I'm, I'm 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 doing a poor job promoting. I I honestly
0: don't know. But if you um fantasy focus if you if you if, you if you if you download the ESPN app or hopefully you already have it. You just click on the Listen tab, and we're right there. You can subscribe to us as well. Same with iTunes as well. And the show's being broadcast live on Twitter. So if you want to okay. uh, watch us, you can do so at Fantasy Focus. So just follow at Fantasy Focus over there on the Twitter. Let me
2: just tell you something. It, it will be the most electric part of your morning, other than tuning into DetroitLions.com wow. for your content. Thank Seriously, you. it will be that good. <laughs> I don't do make that much fun. of the way of promises, I but it will be awesome. I appreciate that uh, promotion there.
1: Of course. You guys don't know this, but I paid field to say that.
2: Season tickets. <laughs>
1: well, guys, this has been so much fun. If people didn't make it out to the live show here in Detroit, obviously they're going to hear this podcast after you guys have already done the live show. Is there a place where they can watch that back?
2: Um, I believe we're going to – so we're definitely going to have the audio form of it. So, yep. again, if wherever you g- get your podcast from. And it may be that we'll have elements of it that will have been taped that will be available. Okay. and um You know, I think the easiest way sometimes is if you follow either at MatthewBerryTMR or at FieldYates. There we go. we got to get that Twitter plug in there. Well, that's that's where we end up, like, pushing all of our content out. So that kind of streamlines things.
1: Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Enjoyed having you out here at training camp, and hope the live show goes well.
2: Thank you, Tori. Thanks.